All right, welcome. So I guess maybe Adobe is making some updates with that because uh, I did check that out, Gary, and it looks like some sort of weird pop-up, which I just exit out of that junk when Adobe pulls stuff like that, but maybe other people are. But did you see me in there when I did that? See, that's like, that is the um, big factor. So when I bring up a test guy here um, and that pop-up comes up, Yeah. Am I in? You yeah, see the test there. Guy, right? It's testing advanced level player. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm there. So it must not, that's not the reason for the pop-up. Anyway, yeah, sort of low turnout today. I wonder if there's, it always makes me, we have days like this. It always makes me wonder it, like. It's summer. <laughs> it definitely, without question. Uh, this time of year, attendance gets a little bit on the slim side for everything that we do. Um, I think people are just enjoying summertime. And uh, it's it's just like, I, I would assume that's why network TV doesn't have any good shows during the summer. Yeah. You know, All the stores um, are empty. Everything's, everything slows down pretty much. Yeah. And then those storms going on and like, yesterday I was volunteering at a golf tournament all day and... Oh, man. Uh, was it raining? Oh, not that way. No, we, we narrowly escaped rain, so it was a really, really nice day up at Saratoga National, so it's pretty cool. Cool. Let me see. So, yeah, that's just sort of the way it is. Um, so we ha have kind of a quirky topic today, um, but uh, I think it, it, it'll be kind of fun, and maybe for some of us, depending on what type of people we are, we'll find it to be an interesting thing. So um, one of the things that I started doing um, – one of the things that I started doing a couple years ago um, is collecting key performance indicators in a variety of different um, a variety of different angles in my life. It started with the business, right? So I'll give you an example of business key performance indicators. So like, so here's what I mean by that: a key performance indicator is a, a statistic or a piece of data uh, that you know if you collect it over time can show you trends in how things are going. So, for example, in business, right, how much money did I make in the past 30 days? All right, so I collect that amount. Let's say, let's say for um, hypothetical purposes, that, that amount is $10. Um, so I made, if I made $10 in the past 30 days, right? Uh, but then I collect that statistic every Monday when I get to work. So every week when I get in, I collect that in a, in a spreadsheet. I keep it all organized in a spreadsheet. You don't have to do it in a spreadsheet, but um, spreadsheets make it so much easier to do. But then let's say next week I come in and I've made $11 in the past 30 days. And then the next day I come in and I've made $12, right? You could say that my, um, you know, that my income trend, my revenue trend is, is trending upwards, right? Um, and what's interesting is I definitely collect 30 days when it comes to that sort of thing, because I don't really care. Like, like for, for instance, one day I could make $20 and the next day I could make $0. What I'm really interested in, in is the trend. How are things trending, upwards or downwards? And so I've done this in various aspects of the business. Like uh, one of them would be like, um, 
one of them would be Dojo University activity, right? So when people log into their accounts, we make sure we keep a tally of that in our systems. And then in our key performance indicators, we can say, oh, okay, overall activity of the members is trending upwards or it's trending downwards. As you can imagine, during the summertime, it's trending downwards a little bit. And so we, we get a little bit of a, you know, we have a little bit of a, you know, ebb yeah, and flow. I, I but keep track of that stuff on, on Pipepacker all the time. You know, there's Google's stats is, is perfect for that. You can break down page views and clicks and yeah. visits um, there's and all lots kinds of, of stuff. And it's, you can splice those numbers in every number of ways and look at it over any amount of time you want. Months, days, you know, years. And uh, see how things move. And you definitely see like seasonal dips and, you know, different, yeah, different for reasons sure. why things would spike and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, Google Analytics and other analytic programs are a good place to start with that. Uh, but I find a lot of the a lot of the software that you get, Google Analytics is kind of an exception, um, but it's also kind of not an exception because there's so much data in there. You need to pick like for for us, we need to pick the most important pieces of data, and I want to track them all in the same place. Uh, like I have income, I have website visits, I have this, that, and the other thing, all in my spreadsheet, and I track it over time so we can see how things are trending uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and you want it all in the same place because uh, you'll get you'll start to get feelings, right? Like I'm getting a feeling something something ain't right. Um, and sometimes if you go to Google Analytics, that's not going to tell you um, what or that might not be the reason. And you might look at your sheet and you might say, well, you know, website traffic is fine, but you know, look at the revenue, you know, we're down to $9 here. Like what's up with that? Um, and you might, you know, you might do stuff like that. And anyway, um, the in interesting thing about that is I, you know, I'm a little bit of a geek, uh, in that way, but I've started collecting, um, I've, I've started collecting and brainstorming things I want to collect for other key performance indicators uh, in my life that don't pertain to just business, because that's like the boring kind. Uh, but you could totally do the same thing with bagpiping, right? So um, let me give you some examples of key performance indicators you, you can and should track in bagpiping. Here's a great one, which is, um, and it doesn't, and the cool thing about doing it with bagpiping is it doesn't have to be super specific. Um, let me give you an example. How many hours or minutes did I practice in the past seven days? And you could just do it in your head, right? So you can set up a little spreadsheet. Every morning you could sign in and say, last week, just say how much I practiced. And if it's zero, you put zero. If it's, you know, uh, if it's six hours of practice, you could put six hours. Uh, you could do minutes if you'd rather do that. Um, and what you do is you keep track of that trend over time. I'm going to sneeze here. Hang on. You see that, um, <laughs> that use of the mute button right there. That's you guys are that's thinking. That's, that's right the five-second delay we have in case there's any obscene language. That's right, or sneezes. <laughs> um, but yeah, how many minutes did I practice? Okay, um, and you could do other things too. Like some of the things that made me want to, um, some of the things that were on my mind as I was making the topic for the show was like, how about... Um, how about um, how much did I enjoy bagpiping this week? Or or how much did I enjoy, you know, in the last week, how would I rate my in enjoyment, how I'm feeling about bagpiping on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 being I feel great, this is the best thing ever. 
to two, I'm so frustrated and I borderline want to quit, you know, uh, because I go through these ebbs and flows all the time. Um, you know, I don't usually get as low as a two, uh, but in anything that we pursue, whether it's like working out or hobbies like bagpiping or business or even relationships, you know, it, it, they have ebbs and flows. Yeah. Working out, working out, the workouts are a good, a good example because that's something where people track their performance all the time. Key performance indicators on that is, you know, how many squats you're doing, how many lifts you're doing, you know, how many reps you're able to do in, in one routine. You know, those, it's very easy and it's all based around the, the indicators and the trends and how you perform over time to see if you're making progress, right? And yeah. you're just talking about doing the same thing. I, I posted a, one of the handy things to do to track that if you want to sort of visualize it, you know, these, these are sort of intangible things too, right? If you want to say, well, you know, I practiced this many minutes, but how much of my practice was spent, say, on technique? You know, how much of my practice was spent, um, you know, running through, you know, all of my repertoire or running through just marches. And you can do that. I mean, I actually had a post up on Pipepacker a while back on creating a little mini infographic on uh, this kind of thing. So over time, if you create your little infographic, and it's just a, you know, it's a scaling of whatever amount of time you're spending on whatever indicators you list. So if you want to put technique down, you can, and I used little graphics of channel reads there. We use as a, as a metric, you know, we, so you can see over time, well, well, you know, my technique's not improving as fast as I would like, but look how much time I'm spending on that um, over the period of, say, a month. Yeah. You know, I only have two channel reads on every practice session where, you know, I'm only spending this much time on my technique. Maybe I need to move that and change that. So it's a good, it's a good visualizing tool. spend a lot of money at the dojo, though, somehow in that article. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I got to get to $11. I got to get to $11 this month, you know? Exactly. Got to get to that. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I really like that article that you did then. And, and it's along the same lines really. Right. Which is yeah. kind of like, you know, you don't need to have one of the things about having fun and about art and about hobbies is it's hard to put specific measurements on it. Here's another great one though. Uh, any of us who solo compete, who play solo competitions, um, when you go to a solo competition, you get a score sheet and you get a placing, right? And you don't have any choice who your judge is. And you also have no control over who your competitors are, right? That could be awesome competitors or it can be crappy competitors. So sometimes you can go there, not do your personal best and win first prize. And then sometimes you'll go there and you'll really, really come close to producing your absolute personal best in front of the judge and you won't get a prize at all just for things out of your control. Well, a great thing to measure is at the last contest that I played at, in my own mind, right, in my own analysis of myself, how close was I to producing my personal best? Like maybe 10, a score of 10 is your absolute personal best, and a score of zero is like, you know, the furthest thing from your personal best, and you're just so terrible and couldn't do anything at all, you know, but just rank yourself. How did you do? And then, you know, you're not going to worry about it, but you're going to look back at it over the past year, uh, you know, like, but at the end of the year, you're going to look at the set of data and you're going to say, did my, um, did my um, solo efforts improve across the year? Because playing solo competitions cannot be about winning. That cannot be the goal because you can't control that, right? You can they all blur together after a while, too. They all become very much the same and it's yeah. hard to remember how things went on a particular day if you're not keeping track of it. And so your goal could be, my goal could be to trend 
further and further towards my personal best when I compete uh, in the solos, you know. And you just rank yourself, and you don't put much thought behind it uh, when you write it. You just write down the number. Now, the same could go for band practice. A good way of doing this is just to ask yourself a couple of questions. You know, you sort of at the end of the day you say, well, what went well? You know, what didn't go so well? And what could I have done differently, you know, or better? You know, just and just list those things. You know, first thing that pops in your head, oh, well, you know, my reads were too wet. <laughs> you know, that didn't go so well. You know, I could have done something differently to, you know, to, to, to remedy that. You know, it happens a lot, too, especially when you're playing toward the end of the season. Some of these games up in the mountains get pretty cold. You know, there's a lot of things that maybe you tried didn't work, you know, to keep things working right. But, you know, next time you'll know better, you know. So. Yeah. I mean, some people keep a journal, which, by the way, is awesome. Um, it, it's just nice, you know, one of the, the journal can be very one-dimensional, and it's hard to, uh, and it can be hard to, what do you call that, compile all of the data from a diary into something that's really usable for you, right? So you could actually say definitively, you know, I, I didn't, if anything, um, you know, my performance relative to my personal best, uh, you know, decreased over the course of the year, despite the fact that my results were fairly stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and by the way, like a good way to measure that is picture the best possible performance that you do in practice. And then compare that to what actually came out on the field. Exactly. I mean, no, everyone's got goals, hopefully, when they're practicing at home. You know, they, you've got sort of personal goals, things you're specifically working on to improve. Um, that's your benchmark right there. You know, when you're, when you're comparing your performance at, at, on games day, you just say, well, did I hit those goals? You know, did I, did I achieve what I was practicing to do, you know, um, on that day? Uh, it's a very simple sort of comparison there. That you need to make, and you just say it's either yes or no, and why didn't it, or why did it? You know what, what you did, what worked well, and why didn't it work so well? You know? Right. Gary says in golf we have fairways hit, greens and regulation, number of putts per hole, etc. Um, and in piping, we don't really, we don't, um, we don't have that as like a culture as a whole, uh, but we absolutely can develop these sort of metrics for ourselves. One of the metrics that's really big among top solo players is how long can I play before uh, moisture causes my drones to go out of tune? That's a big metric. And most of us develop that in our heads without actually measuring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be a really interesting thing to sort of measure. And you look at the top pipe bands, there, and, uh, and we do this as well in our band. You know, We're very aware of how long the actual playtime on the instrument can be before you go out on the field. You have to figure out how to tune a whole band while absolutely minimizing the amount of time that the pipes are played. And I, and I think the best bands in the world do sort of set up their own personal metrics with, with regard to that. You know, they know exactly how long things this should take, how long that'll take, what everyone should be doing at any given time um, during the whole process. And, and that becomes their own personal sort of uh, specific list of, of, you know, checklists or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Gary, one of the things, one of the reasons golf is, um, uh, I, I actually think it's one of the reasons golf is so popular, um, is that it's so easily measurable, right? Like those metrics are awesome. Did you hit the fairway or not, right? That's a great metric. Um, greens and regulation, right? So on the par four, did you hit the green in three shots or not? 
you know, uh, or on a par three. Did you hit the green out, off the tee or not? It's very clear what you have to do if that didn't happen, right? You, you, you know immediately what you need to do to make it happen. Especially between fairways hit, greens in regulation, and number of putts per hole, you can see very clearly after keeping a little bit of data, maybe across 10 rounds, maybe even just five rounds of golf, maybe not even, maybe one round of golf, with those metrics in place, you could see the biggest problem with your game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a metric that I use in golf, which is um, uh, which I wish that I kept a spreadsheet for because I'd be very interested right now to see how that trends. But I have a personal thing that I keep in my head in golf, which is different from you know real golf because I'm kind of a crappy golf. I love golf, but I'm not that great at it. Um, but one of my big metrics is how many shots do I hit across 18 holes that actually go as I plan them to go. That's a big metric. So, so sometimes I'll hit the ball, right? If I hit my driver, I want that driver to go nice and straight, you know, um, nice and straight right down in the middle of the fairway. Um, and if it slices way off to the right, I don't get a point for that, right? Or sometimes when I'm 100 yards out, I want to hit this pitching wedge or nine iron right? Um, onto the green safely into a, a, a spot. And, and if it does that, great. And if I'm off to the right or if I come up short or if I duff it or something, then I don't get a point for that. And um, what's very interesting is that intention score is sort of what I call it, right? Like did, did it actually go as I intended? Um, that intention score is really important. And if I could trend that upwards across 18 holes on a regular basis, just keep improving that statistic, I would become a lot better golfer, I think, right? And then we can use these other metrics to figure that out. Now, um, I don't want to get too far into golf here, but bagpiping can be the same way, right? There are ways, yeah. Yeah, and and we need to look for things like that um, if we want to get better. Yeah, I'm big on the sensory feedback. Like Jared says, instant feedback. Like golf has that instant feedback with, when it comes to the data points. Recording yourself is an instant feedback loop, right? If you're listening, you get sensory sensory feedback that is can act as sensory data. You know, it's not necessarily a number or a, a, you know something that you can measure over time, but it's definitely something you can perceive and track because you'll have a record and you can go back and, and review and as you need to to see if things are changing. Um, so it's, it's that, that's definitely one thing you can do. That's probably, you know, a really, I would put, I'd put that high on the list. If you were really looking for instant feedback in ways that will change what you do sooner or quicker, more quickly, um, that would be one of them. Yeah, for sure. So what are some other important things? Um, what are some other important things we could do in bagpiping? Um, you know, I think just, you know, rating your practice sessions. Um, you could do happiness factor. You could also do just like um, just a very basic like did things go well today or not, right? Yeah. On a scale of, on a scale of 1 to 10, are you, are, were you stoked or bummed with how your practice session went? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it, if things are trending rating downwards. Rating things like that on a scale, on a scale is, is, is easy, right? You can just say, well, how was my technique today? You know, if you're recording yourself and you're listening, you say, oh, well, that's a, that's a 5. You know, five out of ten, whatever, and then you can work to improve and make it a six out of ten. You know, get other people yeah. to, feed, to 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 offer feedback as well. You know, it doesn't have to be you; it could be some other people that you sort of respect or know have no more, maybe or more experienced. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I was listening to a podcast about um, the military, 
and how peer reviews are really big, like at West Point and other like big training things. And it's not like peer review, like, you know, uh, it, it, and I think the interesting thing about the peer reviews for the military and, and I'm really sorry to anyone in the military for whom I'm like completely missing the mark and like screwing it up and not really knowing what I'm talking about. But my vague understanding is peer reviews are really important, like asking questions like, you know, would you be comfortable going into life-threatening battle situation with this person on a scale of like one to ten? And then they, they take these data, they take this data, and it basically helps the instructors identify where there are problems and where there aren't. Because like such a big element of, you know, military is um, – is uh, being able to work together in these really high intense situations and being able to trust the people around you. So they figured right. out that collecting and data has to be predictable as well. That's the other thing. Everything has to be exactly totally predictable. Yeah. You have to know especially exactly in the high, in especially in those elite units too. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, like tons and tons of data, but, but the data pertaining to how your uh, peers, how the people on your team actually think about you, that's extremely relevant data. Right, mm -hmm. extremely relevant. Any, any large corporation human resources department does that on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a routine thing. Yeah, um, and and I think it's a delicate balance about how that's, a, that's the thing that's missing in like solo competition. I think it's like that instant feedback that that loop is never really created or never really fully formed. You know, it's it, 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 like I would love there to be a contest where you know grade four players get up and. If it doesn't go so well, the judge could just stop them and say, you know, here, do this, try this, try this, now do it again. <laughs> and then do it again, you know, and, and then maybe have a couple of tries be, before they give it their best shot. And, uh, and, then, and then judge it from there, you know. And it's just sort of like an instant, it's just an instant feedback loop that actually has real measurable results, yeah. you know, at, the, at that moment. You know, when you read your score sheet at home later in the day or the next day or something like that, it's everything kind of loses its luster. You know, you kind of forget what you did. You kind of forget, you know, you kind of forget what ha what happened. And you're reading the score sheet. It's like, oh, did I really do that? Oh, I guess I did. I don't know. I don't remember. But um, so you know that that's that's important, I think. And it's there's the one single thing that's missing from some solo competition. You know, I under I understand the whole like I don't. mystique of it I all, single performance and having it. Yeah, it's but you know, but that's not until you get to the upper levels. You know, that's fine for you know top echelon type stuff. But as things are growing and developing, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> at the <laughs> very least, right? And we've talked about this before on the show, which is at the very least, scores should be released immediately after every performance. Um, a score, a, you know, judged against an ideal that comes out after every performance. For that very reason, right? In golf, you know whether you got par or not at the end of the hole. Right. When you compete, mm -hmm. you don't know whether or not you did well or whether the judge liked it or hated it until, a, you know, an hour or so later when they post the results relative to other competitors. Right. Like a great metric to keep would be my score out of 100 over time. That would be a great metric. Mm -hmm. That would be nice yeah, to have that provided. Absolutely. One season to the next. Definitely. You can see you just you can actually track here. And then it's something that can actually be clear for anybody who's looking for maybe to move up into the grade levels, you know, it's just, it's clear. Oh, look at this metric. Look how, how this moves, you know. Okay, well, you know, he or she is ready. You know, let's, let's move up. Absolutely. Yeah. And those sort of trends are all very interesting. Uh, I think people are, I, I think people, I think there's, a, uh, there's another camp here who would disagree that um, statistics are the right way to go in order for the art form to thrive. Like, I think 
there is a mystique factor and there's like a, an art, an art factor where you, that you don't want to quantify, but um, I don't know. I'd like to see the line move more towards, you know, I'd like to see us admit what's really going on here, which is sportifying bagpiping a little bit, exactly. uh, but it's a super fun sport. Yeah. <laughs> like just relax. Just relax yeah. and make it happen. It's like, I think it would be, and it would be more fun if you got a couple of tries, you know, at the lower levels to just have at it, you know? And, uh, I think it would just make it more more engaging, and I think you'd find a lot more people sticking with it and sticking with competition Politics. too. You know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Maybe absolutely. You get it in you every other thing. You don't have me sold on that. <laughs> You're not sold on. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. But, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely an idea. I think you know because because that's 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 the you want to close that gap. I think that's the that's the key thing about you know, measuring performance indicators like this and having, you know, um, data points is you want to close the gap between what you're doing and, and what's being perceived, right? And, and so whatever you're perceiving, maybe one thing, what someone else is perceiving is something else, what the judge hears is something else. You want to close that gap to the point where whatever you produce is exactly what the judge is going to be, is hearing. And yeah. so, you know, and, and your changes and whatever you do to, to, to alter it is going to have an immediate result. Yeah. So going back to Gary. So what Gary hears us saying is record your metrics, identify strengths and weaknesses over time, learn what needs to be done to minimize or eliminate weaknesses and maximizing strengths. That's right. And it's not a matter of I think a lot of times in in uh, bagpiping. Right. It's like uh, my technique is good. My technique is bad or I have crossing noises or I don't have crossing noises. But what if you just like went, let's say crossing noises, you know that's a big weakness. So you turn that into a key performance indicator. So once a week, every Friday, I'm going to record myself and I'm just going to count the number of crossing noises I have. Or even better, I'm going to ask my instructor or um, a really good piper that I know to count them for me because maybe you're not actually hearing the problem. But then just record how many crossing noises are there in um, in throughout your comp competition material each week, right? And then how is that trending? Is it staying the same? Okay, if it's staying the same, then we need to change our approach as to how we're dealing with crossing noises. If the crossing noises are getting fewer and fewer, um, we, that's good. And if crossing noises are actually getting more, that means we have a really big problem and we really, really need to be serious about that, right? Simple. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, you know, and again, like, you know, it doesn't have to be specific that if you're listening to recordings and like you say, counting what happens. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, a lot of, it's a similar technique that used in a lot of different fields too, you know, where they just sort of count how many times something happens, you know, and then they just track that over time, you know, and then that's, that's, that becomes a, an indicator for, you know, altering you know, some, whatever happens on the factory line or in the shipping department or in, you know, uh, it, it with, it with a kid who's reading, <laughs> you know, um, simply, you know, these kinds of things are, are definitely techniques that cross, you know, idioms and industries and fields. Yeah. It's weird because like, I think that we overlook, uh, just how many things in our life, um, have re been recording key performance metrics all the time and you don't even think about it because it's just so obvious. Let me give you an example. School, right? All the way from kindergarten through the graduating high school and then obviously in the university system as well. But all the way through there, 
what are the what are we doing to um, keep key performance indicators? Well, we're yeah. giving grades to things. So like in kindergarten, it's like does does Susie refrain from throwing food in the cafeteria? Score out of four, right? Like, like excels at not throwing food in the cafeteria or this is something that needs work on. It starts right there. But then you, you sort of see the metric. Like, is my kid with the program? Well, in kindergarten, they're getting all fours or whatever, whatever it is. Then they're with the program. And if, if they're not, then they're not with the program. And you can bet that parents, students, and the infrastructure of the school are very closely observing these metrics yeah. and making adjustments as they need to. Yeah. And, it's, and it's something that, you know, has got, you know, arguments pro and con on, you know, all around, you know, it's a, especially these days with the high, you know, the emphasis on testing and things like that. It's all about the metrics. And some school districts will, will place a higher importance on it than others, and uh, depending on where you go, and, but they're all used in some fashion. Whatever, whatever it might be, whether it's to, you know, gauge, you know, judge teachers or gauge student progress or whatever, it's, it's, it's all the same. So it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely a correlation with whatever you might do anywhere else in your life, you know, playing bagpipes, why not, you know, um, what am I doing right, you know, how do I measure that, you know, and then figure it out. Yeah, exactly. But like school is a great example, right? I mean, let's, let's look at other things. How about sports teams? Right. Sports teams measure metrics all the time, especially if it's a high enough level where they actually keep like the traditional stats. Right. Why are those useful? Well, stats are useful for a wide variety of reasons in professional sports. And uh, without these key performance indicators, sports would actually be way less interesting. So like look at basketball, like uh, baseball is obviously all about that's almost all that it's about. Right. Yeah. Like that's how teams that's how teams structure their rosters now. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, is money well, ball. I'll go, I'll go a little further and say, you know, you know, soccer is like a very sort of free flowing game. And you wouldn't think that you know metrics come into play when they're you know gauging teams and judging teams, but it's it is. It's totally about that. It's totally about ball yeah. possession, um, takeaways, you know, shots on goal, all that kind of stuff. It's all used as a metric for team strength and handicapping and. A whole host of other things, you know, based, you know, down to the player level. So, it's, yeah. you know, and you I wonder, you know, like, when you watch the game, it's kind of hockey's the same way. It's just kind of this free, you know, fast moving, free flowing game. You don't even think about it. And yet, those kinds of things are important, you know. Yeah. They're very, and there are always going to be intangibles, but you need to measure the tangibles because usually they point directly to what you need to do in order to improve things. I've, I, um, I'm a big fan of the Tour de France, which is going on right now. And there's like huge amounts of data going around there. Like yeah. everybody's heart rate is synced into the team computer so they can see like how people are doing. And, yeah, even you know, a half a second off on a, on a stretch is important, you know, so they look at everything that goes into that. You know, I, I think a while back, I think I, I mentioned, I talked about this in Team Sky, which was the UK's, the English uh, bike team that races. And they won uh, three tours in a row, I think, in the early 2000s. Yeah, and they're currently... Uh, currently well on their way to winning this year. Yeah, and, and they did it all by this process their coach calls the uh, aggregate marginal or the aggregate of marginal gains by sort of reviewing everything that goes into whatever they're doing, whatever it might be, pedaling, sitting, so, so they do and they and they do whatever they can to make that just a smidge better. And in right. aggregate, it means a lot because their overall performance improves remarkably. If you're looking Absolutely. at these little teeny tiny details, like all the way to like 
bringing their own beds and pillows with them when they travel, you know, so they get good night's sleep and things like that, you know. Um, no detail is overlooked. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. And and the same thing, you know, like I've been trying to do that in pipe bands for a really long time, which is, you know, let's look at all the individuals, see what they're mm-hmm. doing, and then let's see, like let's develop a system for just, you know, a general improvement of each individual over time. Um, and especially the, the individuals that are, um, you know, the weaker links, you know. We just need to bring, if you could just bring the level up of the weaker links in a band, um, then the whole band is going to get better, right? And so can you do that? And then can you measure that process? And, and the answer is we haven't really figured it out yet. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the results, again, becomes that intangible thing. Like you'll kind of know it when it's there, you know, and won't be any real way to measure yeah, it really. But, but, it's, but you can know. you get there? Can you get there three times faster by collecting yeah. smart data? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, like, what if you could say like, oh, wait a minute, there's a trend here, which is, you know, all of our bottom players are not blowing steadily and not getting a good tone out of their instrument. So if we can focus on, if we can pinpoint that and just focus on that and bring that level up, then the level of the whole group gets better. Right? Mm-hmm. It could also point out like flaws in teaching process and point out flaws in uh, this, that, and the other thing, you know? So. Ooh. So anyway, it's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty interesting. And I think that it's something where I don't have any, I don't have any direct answers for pipers out there other than to say uh, collecting these metrics is really good. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it also prompts action, right? If you're collecting these metrics and you see, you know, a change that needs to be made or some movement that is required, if in this data um, you go out and act, it's actionable, right? You can then see, oh, well, I need to do X. I'm going to go and sign up for Dojo University, and, you know, take a bunch of classes. Nice. I see what you, you I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, you know what I mean, or you know, or anything else. I hope buy a new reeds, buy a new set of reeds. Uh, you know, it could be anything. Get a new bag. You know, all these kinds of things that um, would improve um, your performance overall. You know, if if you can track like what's happening. You know. Um. For sure. Well, um, I think that's pretty good. Why don't we venture towards calling it in there for today and. I know that it's one of these seems to be one of these days where people are not uh Yeah, who's at the beach hanging out. Who's at the beach, I think. I think you're right about that. Or at piping school. I know a lot of people are at piping school. Yeah, a lot of piping school is going on right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So uh good. Well let's uh let's wrap it up there for today. We'll call it a short show. And uh we will be back next week. Uh and then pretty soon here we gotta go on our August hiatus because it's gonna be Scotland time. Uh but then we'll be We'll be back. Things will be hot and heavy. Then you're actually coming to see. You're playing. Then's going to be in Scotland with us this year. So I am. I'm actually going in a bit early, so I'm going to be earlier than everyone else. So. When are you getting in? Uh, the 31st. <laughs> this is like this is a good conversation. And then where are you guys staying? Uh, we're going to be in Edinburgh for the first week, and uh, oh, yeah. on the first day the band hits Glasgow, I'll hop on the train and head over and check in. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm getting there on the Monday. Because uh, I'm doing my exams at the piping center for a couple of oh, days. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Got some studying to do though. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've sort of seen that syllabus. It's pretty it's pretty intense. It's long. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's stuff I either already know for sure, or I really need I really need to brush up yeah. on and make sure that it's good. It's just long, right? It's just like a lot. 
I think. It's, it's not so much stuff that you, if you're at a certain experience level, you can't handle, but it's all of it together in one place. It's kind of daunting a little bit, you know. Right. Well, I'm trying to do the, le- I'm doing level six and I'm doing my teacher certificate all in the span of two days. So, um, so it's pretty cool. But yeah, it's like, you know, you got to write out four parts of a tune. You got to write an essay. You've got to know all your PBROC stuff um, and uh, like classifications and uh, all that fun wow. stuff. Counter rock and. Excellent. Yeah. But, uh, but there it is. All right, folks. So we're wrapping it up. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, have a great week and have a great weekend. Glasgow lands is for us here in the Northeast this weekend. So anyone uh, venturing into Scotland, maybe we'll see you there. All right. That'll do it. We'll see everybody later.